Welcome to my coaching podcast, Dancing in the Moment, where I chat to people from the world of coaching and psychology about their story, their approach, and their insights about the coaching profession. They're all people I like, respect, and admire for the way they show up in the world. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm here with Jackie Holder today for the Dancing in the Moment podcast. Um, And this series of podcasts is really about me having the opportunity to interview people in the coaching world who I admire, respect and like for what they are doing in the world. Uh, And Jackie is one of those people, um, multi talented um, a coach, coach supervisor, a facilitator, a coach trainer, a writer. Uh, particularly, uh, I know you as an advocate of journaling mm-hmm. and what you call paper therapy, which I like. Um, also, I saw on your website today, um, multi-interfaith minister, uh, I know you love trees. I really do. I know. And I saw something that really, I really made me laugh, QLE. I thought, what's QLE? And it says, qualified in life experience. <laughs> I forgot I'd written that. Did you remember That's that? Your, isn't that great? Oh, I need to bring that back. I, can I put that on at the end of my name and qualifications yeah, now? Yeah, that's great. Isn't it? Oh, I do have moments of inspiration that I forget about. Yeah. Oh, that's really Isn't making that me feel a... quite... Had you just forgotten? i just totally forgotten. Well, I love it. I think we, we, we launch it now. Oh, wow. For the world. I had to take a deep breath into that. Thank you, Kim. Pleasure. Yeah. That's... They're your words. Yeah. If we don't go back to things, it is so easy to forget... Because we're so busy trying to move forward, yeah. we forgot what we've left behind. Isn't that true? Wow. Oh, I love that. Isn't that true? You know, sometimes I look back at things that I'd written or courses that I was running, techniques I was teaching 25 years ago. That, you know, you're just like, they're old, I've forgotten them now, I'll put them away, they're, they're in some old archive folder. When I look at them, I'm like, these are amazing. Why did I ever stop? I'm so glad you said that. Um, my daughter, uh, she's 30, and she's just come back from living in Dubai, and she took herself away on a retreat at the weekend, and I was a little bit, like, you didn't ask me for any recommendations, on retreats and she knows that's the kind of things that I'm into but anyway she went off on it and when she came back she told me all the things she was doing I was like oh my god this is stuff we used to do 25 years ago 
they had a life coach come, they did a painting and sketch session where they had to draw how they saw the other person in front of them. They did all these different creative things. They had inspirational quotes. And I know you and I are very kindred spirits when it comes to products, creativity, creating things. And of course, my background, I come from the world of youth and community work, then I came into training and development. And I, at a very early age, in my late 20s and my early 30s, I kind of went off on my own spiritual quest. Uh-huh. I was very much in um, on a journey for finding my purpose and my meaning. And your 30s is a very rich time of where you're really wanting to kind of have a sense of where you're going and who you are and what you're about. And so I got involved in re-evaluation of co-counselling. So I went to, I used to go to the States every year for some of their big conferences. I did a year-long master programme in spiritual development, um, which was really quite eye-opening, including lots of shamanic work. And I just was into almost any course that you could think of I was on it yeah you know I did a lot of the I didn't do all of Landmark but I started off on Landmark Mm -hmm. I did the Actors Institute Mastery Programme which was one of the most transformational courses I've ever done I can still feel the energy and the learning of that programme in my bones and I did that one when I was 29 gosh it was a weekend workshop. It's everything that you and I and all of the coaches that you train. It's like everything about bearing, bearing who you are, yeah. getting down to the essence of the soul and the spirit of the individual. Yeah. We know whether we're working in organisations or you're training your, your coaches that who you are is how you coach. Definitely. You know, it doesn't matter how many qualifications we have. The reason I put that, um, the life experience quote on my website, because I am someone like yourself, we've accumulated loads of qualifications. I mean, I get bored rattling off my own qualifications, but your qualifications are not enough to authorise you for this work that we do. They're not. Because actually, this work is... On a level, it's holy work because it's bringing, it's helping people bring back and come back to their whole selves. Yeah. It's sacred work. We're hearing things about people that are the things that matter that are not always easy to bring to their line manager, their line manager's boss, to their co-workers, even to family members and close friends. Mm -hmm. We create the right space and the right conditions for people to feel safe enough to share and show, show up. Yeah. Show up in the essence, the essential qualities that are underneath all of the the stuff that we kind of hide ourselves in the world. And you know what it's like when you meet someone for the first time and you think, oh, this is who this person is presenting themselves as. But as you get to know them. Yeah. You know, it always takes my breath away um, when clients disclose things. And I sit there and I'm like, but you're a glorious being. Mm. You're glorious. Glorious being. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's an honour to get to witness that. Isn't it just? Oh, it's a great honour. 
So, Jackie, there are so many questions and thoughts in my mind as I sit here listening to you. And there are two main ones. One is, what, what do we need to do this holy, this sacred work beyond qualifications? I think that's a really good question, Kim. And um, for me, it's so much about the inner journey. You know, I believe that a coaching program has to be a catalyst and has to have content that is about an inner exploration of self. Yeah. You know, the knowing who you are and what got you to where you are. Yeah. It's almost as if sometimes some people come to coaching feeling like coaching is going to give them everything that they need, that they then discard everything that they've been through to be where they are. Mm. Um, so I feel a lot of it is about um, that inner journey and knowing what your challenges are, what you've overcome. So in a way, it's like doing a life map. Yeah. Doing a life map and going back over your life and seeing where your ups and downs were. What are the strengths and the qualities that you gathered, that you cultivated as a result of all of those experiences that actually shape your humaneness? Mm. Mm. You know, it's like if I'm sitting down in front of a CEO or director, yes, I am qualified to be a coach through my accreditation, my years of experiences, my training. But actually, they often want more. They want to know that this is somebody who has walked through fire. Sure. And that they're able to come out of that and still uh, be anchored and rooted and grounded and centred in life. Yeah. yeah. You know, no organisational life. Organisational life is a beast. Mm-hmm. We're in a fucker world. Mm. Yeah, that's not a swear word. No. <laughs> Some people well, say, some people say VUCA, just to avoid the... Yeah, well, I think I better, I better, yeah. I think I better go back to the VUCA world, because yeah. a few people have picked me up on that, actually, because I, I think I like that ring, but a VUCA world, yeah, we're living in a VUCA world, and um, it's complex, it's chaotic, it's challenging, it's creative, it's innovative, and because we are so full of information and knowledge, there is nothing you can't get now. Quite. Absolutely. Google is your modern world oracle. But actually, we are going back to some of the older rituals and traditions that we're needing to bring back into organizational yeah absolutely it really really resonates with me I think this is a really important conversation for all of us involved in coaching and coach training to reflect on one of the one of the moments that sort of moved me in from the voluntary sector and very much the personal development Mm -hmm. sector and the psychotherapy sector into the corporate sector Mm -hmm. was um, working for Relate uh, as a trainer and they had the idea of um, 
introducing some of the skills that we taught at Relate into the corporate world. They yeah. said, hey, look, you know, there are all sorts of relationship difficulties going on there. We've got this skill set. Yeah. And they asked me to be the person that bridged that gap and went yeah. into organisations to try to sell these, you know, basic communication, feedback, emotional yeah. intelligence skills. This was, you know, a long time ago, 30 years ago. Um, and I remember being profoundly astonished by the fact that the what I considered to be simple everyday skills were completely new and life-changing to some of the people that I was working with then Um, because if you like we were were immersed in a world of personal development and self-discovery you can start to fall into the trap of thinking like everyone knows this no. You and and I think yeah. one of the things we need to do as coaches is always remind ourselves, however long we've been doing it, and however <coughs> familiar it seems to yeah. us, it's incredibly valuable and new, and still, you know, massively transformational yeah. to many people. Because you're talking about um, some essential skills of human life that not everyone gets taught. Yeah. Um, so whereas you and I may have been what I call seekers going off and finding all of these things and you coming from the world of therapy, me now training as a psychotherapist, yeah, yeah. so we've kind of gone round yeah. the other way round, it's like we can't, we, it's, it's, not, it's not safe enough to assume that everybody has those essential qualities and even when we have them, it doesn't mean we always practice them. So I find that for me, my work is a great teaching to me as a coach because I get to practice the things that I need for my own life to integrate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't I don't get to sit on my laurels and feel, yeah, I know that. It's like one thing to know a thing. Oh no, it's one thing to know of a thing, it's another thing to really know it. So you know, I'm a, a I'm a ferocious reader. But there is a real challenge to take what I read and be able to express that in a way that synthesizes my understanding through my lived experience of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so it's like skill. you can it's a real skill. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have to allow we have to allow for absorption, we have to allow for not knowing, for not getting things right. And, you know, I think if you know that earlier question you asked about what is it that coaches need to to be doing what they need to learn. I think the other thing is we have to also be willing to get up, give up not knowing. Yeah, quite. You know, we learn all of our skills, but, you know, we can get... Those techniques are very shiny tools. And on one level, we also have to really develop relational presence. Yeah. And really hold space with people. So we are both involved in the coach training industry. Yeah. Um, and I and I know that we give it our all, and mm. we take it very very seriously, uh, imparting our own philosophies and the philosophies of others to new coaches. Um, most coach training programs are necessarily quite short, quite yeah. quick, um, and I'm a great believer, as I know you are in 
the idea that this is kind of just the beginning. You know, you've got your pee plates here when you leave the course. You can go, you could drive the car, but still be careful you don't yeah. know it all. So what would you advocate to coaches who perhaps just finished their initial coach training? What's the work that they need to do next? That's a lovely question. I think it must be, I can just imagine and feel into the excitement people must feel when they finish their coach training, that they now have a, you know, a qualification that is kind of supporting them moving out into their practice. But I think the first thing that I would say is that it's a lifelong learning. It never ends. So um, I'm really keen to encourage coaches to think about what is my continuing professional development in the world. So I think um, one of the challenges for some of the coaching profession is we get quite narrow in what we believe is we need to do in terms of our training. So one of the things that I do, I go all over the place in my training. I do not stick within the coaching profession. I'm really interested in going to listen to someone like Cal Newport, who writes, you know, wrote the book Deep Work. You know, I've listened to podcasts, going to hear someone like that, that speak or going on a retreat somewhere with a teacher that I really imag- admire and thinking about how I can draw from other disciplines other professions yeah. and bring that back into my work as, yeah. as as a coach and of course that all needs to have a platform so for me this is all embedded in the reflective practice mm. because if you are really sourcing and resourcing yourself and building your and, and developing yourself a whole range of different mediums how are you synthesizing and pulling that all together so for me, the fact that I'm a regular, regular journal writer, and I have been for the last 30 years, and it is my practice like meditation is some people's practice, the reflective learning for me is what really grows me in my work as a coach and a coach supervisor. Because it means that, you know, I'm constantly questioning. I, I feel like we need to ask more questions of ourselves. We need to ask more questions of our profession we need to ask more questions of our clients because it's in the right questions that you create that space for the right answers to emerge in the field Um, and if we're not doing that with ourselves we're not really um, connected with ourselves it's really hard to do that with other people although I know some coaches really like they're really good with their toolkit of great transformational questions but it does need to be connected back to yourself as well and what difference do you think that makes to the client's experience of the coaching i want to make a, a distinction between it's like going to Harrods and buying a really expensive item of clothing or going to Harrods and having an experience with the person who is selling you the item of clothing Mm. that makes the experience even more than the item of clothing that you bought. I get that. That's beautiful. 
Did you just come up with that? I just came up with that. Because, that. Only because we're here. Harrods was there. Yeah. I was trying. I'm thinking, how can I express this in a way that is not using cliche coaching language, but it's about a felt experience? Oh, that was beautiful. You know what I got then? The idea that that person who was selling me, whatever it was that I was yeah. buying, were, jumped into the joy of that purchase yeah. with me. Yeah supported me in it yes well, they were delighted for me yeah and they m- made me appreciate it even yeah. more and that gave me joy yeah so yeah. there is something about our connection so I'm always this might feel really judgmental but I'll say it anyway because it is part of sometimes what I experience sometimes I go to coaching conferences and you're sort of talking to coaches, you're meeting people for the first time, and I shake someone's hand, and it's very limp. And I wonder, how comes I'm not feeling you? What, what, are, you not, what are you not giving of yourself in this moment? And what does that mean for you going into your practice? So if we're all here, we're part of a tribe. Yeah. We're all part of the same community, same family. And I don't feel like you're sort of like extending yourself, even in this very first initial contact. I think that's sometimes how clients feel. Our clients are much smarter than we give Mm. them credit Mm. for. And I think they sometimes don't know what they don't know. So if someone has one experience of coaching... Almost any experience of coaching is a good experience. Yeah. Being listened to, being yeah. asked some challenging questions. Yeah. For me, when it shows up that clients are becoming a bit more discerning, yeah. sometimes if they've had a further experience of coaching with a coach who's the type of coach you're describing, yeah. who's worked on themselves and yeah. and, and who really shows up yeah. and brings that that whole self to yeah. the to the to the party. And then they'll say, Wow, yeah. this is not like the coaching I had before. Absolutely. And then you can start to feel the difference. Yeah. And I guess for me as a coach being on the receiving end of that, um I remember when I, in my early days of my coaching, I'd gone on, I'd gone into a college in um, South East London. We were going to be coaching a senior leadership team. So we didn't know who we were going to be coaching the senior leadership team. But when I turned up on that morning, my na- name was next to the principal. I threw a fit. <laughs> I had a heart attack. Yeah. I am not coaching the principal. I can't coach the And they had to scrub my name out, swap me over with somebody. Really? Yes, yes that I, bad. I, I refused to do it. Yeah. Because I was ta- attached to the role. And the hierarchy. And the yeah, hierarchy. Yeah. I was still battling with that deference threshold. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where when I when I saw certain positions in an organization it's almost like the younger jackie came out yeah like you know no i'm not authorized to coach them somebody else who yeah they would see as more credible and i'll never forget that because i ended up coaching the vice principal and i still can feel the energy of our work together because he was a really highly productive high-performing vice he easily could have been principal easily 
but there was something in him which was about a part of him that was not being fed mm. and I saw that yeah and I intuited my way into it and we had the most beautiful unfolding he was a painter mm. wow he was a painter his what he had come through and done a degree in was in painting but he was somebody that people recognized his strengths and his qualities and he kind of got moved into yeah. management then into leadership and he told me this story i never forget the moment when he talked about it. he lived in this nice house in south london and he said to me i've got a room that is my painting room this isn't even making me sure for now this is many many years ago he said i've got a painting room and i haven't opened up that door for about 10 years gosh and during our coaching he opened the door and he reconnected with his painting. Opened a door to so many things. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. And what it did was it made him think about, do I really want to be a principal? Or do I really want to feed myself in a way? It reconnected him back to himself. It reconnected him back to his art and his creativity. That reconnected him back to his children, yeah. his wife. You know, you know. Um, yeah amazing yeah i can see the joy in yeah. your face as you tell me that yeah story. and that was a and, long time ago and that's the privilege that's the privilege of yeah. the work that we do absolutely you said earlier uh jackie we need to be asking ourselves more questions yeah we need to be asking the coaching industry more questions mm -hmm. i'm wondering what questions you would advocate asking the coaching industry mm. could i start with a question for what, what question we could ask ourselves go wherever you like yeah i think the first question that coaches can really sit with and and use as a sort of like a meditation is who am i at the core who am mm. i mm. if i was to take away all the things that I've done as a coach, who would I be sitting with another person? Who would show up? I think that's a question to keep coming back to because I, I really feel it keeps us in touch with one, what motivates us, who we are in the room, who we want to be. I think it's really a good question, a good quest to be in touch with who do we want to be sure. in our relationships. I think one of the questions for the coaching world is how has coaching changed and how does coaching as a profession and an industry need to be different in the current society that we are part of? I think for me, to a certain extent, coaching is for the majority a bit in a silo. So life's happening out here mm -hmm. and coaching has got a bit of a nucleus in the middle of society somewhere where we sort of march out into, in our individuals or um, doing team coaching into organisations. And I'm really keen to think about how we can make the, the, the structures of coaching flatter. 
so they're more integrated into a much wider part of society. So, for example, if I go into the NHS, where I'm doing a lot of work at the moment with leaders, with BAME leaders and senior leaders through the leadership academies, you know that there, it's up to a certain band where people get access to coaching. Yes, or above a certain and band. Above, and yeah. above, a, yeah. and, and yeah. above a, primarily above a certain band. So that means there are huge numbers of the population of the workforce that doesn't get access to coaching. Yeah. I When I go about my day-to-day work, you know, whether I'm getting on a bus, whether I'm going through my local train station, and I interact with staff, I think, I wonder what it'd be like if they had access to a coach. Sure. I'm, I'm with you. You know, we share this, we share this belief, this hope. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons um, that I have created products. Yes, actually, <laughs> it's yeah. not a plug, but it, it genuinely is. Um, I wanted to make coaching available to all, yeah, to parents, to yeah. to to children in schools, and yeah. make and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. No. Time, attention, simple questions, reflection, um, and my aim was always to flatten that structure. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment I'm really interested in groups, yeah. group coaching, yeah. not team, but yeah. bringing, you know, different people together yeah. with similar or shared or not similar experiences yeah. to all have a, an experience of coaching because I think that that is a cost effective way of yeah. spreading the word. Um, and even going back to the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned Landmark, you know, very well-known organisation yeah. for running particular type of personal development yeah. programme. Um, I think there's room for a lot more of that. There is. Um, lots of people in a room. Yeah. All having some coaching, coaching one another, understanding yeah. some basic uh, coaching approaches and principles. I think that's what one of the things I've really been noticing. I'm working on um, a, one of the leadership programmes through the NHS, the Stepping Up programme, and this is for uh, BAME staff from bands five to seven because the um, NHS, that Snowy White Peaks report, which really shows how the, the top layers of senior leadership in the NHS is mainly white. Um, and, you know, there's a lack of... Um, BAME leaders reflected in the senior leadership so the whole of these stepping up programs are really uh, providing leadership um, training for BAME staff in the organisations they are fantastic one of the best programs that I've been working in and we've been bringing together coaching in a very dynamic way a very creative way a transformational way you know, and and it's breaking through barriers. It's really what what the course is called stepping up. Over seventy five percent of that participants on the program step up into a band one or two higher. How wonderful! Once the program is finished, it is absolutely amazing. Or even halfway through the program, 
the thing is the thing is this stuff lasts yeah it endures yeah uh it, it I did a 10-year retrospective piece of research on participants who'd been through our coach training yeah. programme just to see, did it last? Did it yeah. stay with them? Are they all still using it? I, I literally had a 100% uh, response of, yeah, not only had it lasted, but it had grown. So most people had done similar things to you. They'd gone on and followed uh, topics and areas of interest. Yeah. They'd, they'd enhanced their kind of spiritual knowledge, yeah. their intellectual knowledge about coaching. Um, but beyond that, they said their relationships had improved, yeah. their home life had improved, yeah. they were better parents, they yeah. were calmer, they were more confident. Yeah. Um, the, the, this is not a flash-in-the-pan yeah. experience. It's something you take with you and build on. Absolutely. I'm so, I feel so energised hearing that because um, sometimes when you go into organisations, we can't just keep doing the same old, same old. People, I, I sometimes, my experience in organisations is that certain sectors or certain parts of a workforce are sleepwalking through their working life. So therefore, if you go in and just do another run-of-the-mill programme, you're not waking people up. Mm. You know, people are hungry for something that is going to challenge them, ignite them, stimulate them. They want to be awakened. Do you know, even if they're not saying that. Worked with, uh, recently worked with uh, a group of senior leaders who are going to be working with BAME staff in another um, sector. And they're going to be co-mentoring. This is not reverse mentoring. Even though the senior leaders have signed up for this, at that initial start, do you know, there's fear and apprehension. By the end of the day, they were saying this is the best day that they have spent on a training day. Connecting, communicating, listening, feeling invigorated, feeling challenged, feeling moved. Because we just used all of our coaching skills. We gave them really great questions to speak into and listen into mm. and created a safe space, the right environment. Safe enough. Mm. Yeah, because it's not all about being totally comfortable. No, far from it. It's about, but it, I always say it's about being like, yeah best mate who really cares about you telling you when you're tough love being an idiot teasing you if necessary so it's vital it's it's all those all those emotions and all those approaches absolutely and that you grow from that sure because you stand taller and and you can if you trust the person who's delivering that if you trust their intention well you know we only had a day and they trusted us (laughs) yeah to do that and I, my, my hypothesis is people make some kind of intuitive call on whether they know that you've walked somewhere that 
they trust that you will take them yeah to a particular place and it will be okay yeah because if they didn't we would not be able to do that no, with them exactly and, my, and 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 it's it fascinates me we we i could talk to you all day about this but it fascinates me about what the component parts of that are you know how how do you unpack what it is that makes people feel I trust you you can take me somewhere you've walked a certain path um and and I guess in a way I just met a coach coming into the office here today who said oh I'm just off to do a chemistry session and I guess that there's a whole nother conversation which perhaps you'll come back and have with me about you know how do you have chemistry sessions so that you're really showing up in the right way um Jackie we we are just about out of time really and I, it's gone so quickly yes. and I, I just wanted to honour you by saying how much I feel sitting here with you what a joy um, and an excitement it would be to be coached by you oh. your care your passion your mm. your fierce kind of determination for life to be as good as it can be and your honesty just shine through Kim that feels I feel very moved by you saying that I felt um, like I was speaking to a kindred spirit it was like kitchen table wisdom sitting here yeah. having this conversation with you I almost forgot that we're between a podcast and like, you know, like hopefully people will gain and feel some of the energy that actually I've experienced just sitting here with you. Yeah. And, you know, and it's no different to what I've always experienced talking with you. So every time we've met, either, you know, in a social situation or in a work situation, I feel like she's my... Sister, we say in the African Caribbean community, a sister from another mother. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, a sister from another mother. It feels like it's always felt like it, but I feel um, a renewed excitement for the coaching industry at large, coaching in the world actually, um, just from having our conversation and, um, and remembering get out of the I don't think I'll get in it very often but sometimes get out of the transactional get out of the role and get into the heart to heart soul to soul connection I think I want to I think that's tweetable the heart to heart soul to soul connection is where you sort of accelerate the transformational uh, component of the change agency that we are as coaches are involved in because we were some of the early pioneers Mm -hmm. but i think we need to remember that the rest of the world has caught up with us yeah you don't have to be a coach to do the work that we're doing anymore people are doing it in their businesses in their professions they are really holding themselves as coaches yeah um I'm, you know, I'm having to go through some legal things at the moment, and I realise that my solicitor is a very good coach. Ah, uh, yeah, that's well said. 
Seriously, well said. when I come on the phone sort of frowning into, oh, you know, this is doom and gloom, he, he just holds his space. And I do not feel a judgment coming down the phone at me. And then he'll just say something and I'll drop into, oh, you know what? Oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's a really beautiful thought on which to end, that this attitude is infiltrating into, oh, yeah. into our society. Absolutely. Through schools, I think, as well. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's, yeah. It's, and, and if we stay insulated just in our profession, we're going to miss out on everything that's happening around us. That is so vibrant and rich and actually coming up with things that we need back in the profession. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We have to see with through so many different lenses, not to overwhelm ourselves, but to, to realise that the tribe has grown. It's grown. They're all out there. Yeah. Thank you, Jackie. Wise, wise words mm. and, and an inspirational hope mm. on which to end that oh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Total privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. Mm.